The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. Hello, how are you? Hello, I'm warm, mate. Warm, mate. Muggy, muggy. It's horrible, isn't it? Yeah, it's clammy today. Um, yeah. I've got a feeling we're going to get in another heat wave very, very soon. I can smell it in the air. Yeah, I don't like it, mate. Because when, I'm, when we're doing this, as, as I said before, I'm sat up in this tiny little corner. I'm all hot and sweaty and bothered. It's, it's not cool. Well, yeah, that's it's the opposite of cool. It's warm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, thank you very much for that, Captain Obvious. <laughs> <laughs> Maxi, England won a football tournament. They did. How amazing have the have the lionesses been all the way throughout this tournament? So, so, and it's good that they're getting the recognition and also the the mainstream recognition that the the women's game absolutely deserves. Yeah, couldn't be more proud of uh, proud of them. Amazing. Yeah, it was it was awesome. It was so good. <laughs> Bit of mosh as well, you know. Finally seeing England win something and all the young <laughs> girls celebrate. And, and what was great as well when when the when the camera sort of spanned around the crowd a lot of the time in the final. So many young girls watching the games live mm-hmm. and so on. So, you know, the opportunity to like really inspire a generation, I suppose. I know it's a bit cliche and I know it's a bit cheesy, but that is literally what's happening, isn't it? Yeah, uh, absolutely. And this could be the 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 fulcrum point the pivot that means the the women's game gets even more recognition and then we get uh we get uh young girls who who never would have looked at uh football as a, a career path um they can they can go on and do some absolutely massive things so yeah uh it was just a, an amazing an amazing time to be english uh, it's, it's something really to uh to be proud of yeah totally Totally. And some of the goals they've scored, and some of the just the some of the football they've played, man, fantastic! And it? you know, it's, <laughs> it's it's one thing winning something, but it's being entertained as well. Yeah, I mean, they they're on par with the men. There were so much amazing talent. Uh, yeah, it's just it was um, an amazing tournament to watch. Not even just from from England's point of view, but just the 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 quality of women's football all all across Europe is absolutely outstanding. Yeah, yeah, just just superb, mate. Just superb, and oh, mm-hmm. just such a buzz. And today, watching on Sky Sports News as well, the the, the the sort of celebrations in Trafalgar Square and all the celebrities sort of chiming in with well wishes, and oh, just just fantastic. Such a buzz, you know. And it's not like we've had a lot to uh, to uh, be excited about, and and to give us uh, that that uh, feeling of pride in in England. We've had. Uh, being locked in our houses for the last eighteen months, we've had uh, <laughs> yeah. all the all the palaver with Boris Gate and uh, the new mm. uh, Tory uh, leader. Uh, but yeah, it was good to have something to kind of put all that on the back burner, uh, forget about it for a, a couple of weeks, and and have an amazing uh, Euros uh, uh, for the for the women. Yeah, it's just brilliant. Absolutely. Commonwealth Games, Magsy. That's all at the moment as well. Commonwealth Games. That's something you're into. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't mind watching uh, some some of the uh, the Commonwealth Games. 
Um, so, yeah, it's been a, quite a, a busy week for sport because obviously we had Wimbledon as well. Um, so, yeah, it's been not too, not too bad, I would say. Gets a bit samey for me. All that, you know, the, the Olympics, the Commonwealth game. It gets a bit samey, you know. Is that when I've seen somebody throw something really far, and then somebody throw it, see somebody throw it further than them. I've kind of seen, I've kind of seen everything then, haven't I? <laughs> I mean, what if you missed that time that someone threw it a little bit further than both of them? Well, I suppose, but it's like the wife, the wife had the swimming on as well just before you know we went live, and, and that's great because you know it's a race, it's exciting and so on. But when you sin three or four heats, it's like it's kind of all the same now, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I remember the times when you get the Olympics and Commonwealth uh, uh, um, coverage, and they would flick from sport to sport. So uh, you'd see maybe a little bit of track and field, and then they go, and now we go over to the velodrome where we're seeing some cycling and stuff like that. Mm. Um, it is more uh, focused on one sport for a longer period. But, yeah, I mean, you do it to be proud of your country. Well, yeah. Speaking of cycling, watching a bit of that yesterday, or the day before. I can't remember what it was. Six laps, this was, right? Riding that mm-hmm. sort of slopey... They're, in, they're in like a cereal bowl, aren't they? Like, around, around <laughs> the, the, the velodrome. Yeah, okay. And um, <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's six yeah. laps, this race, right? And they're, don't get wrong, they're, they're going flat out, aren't they? They're, 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 they're pretty fucking sharpish on these bikes, let's be honest. But the first three laps, there's a little old dude on a push bike. Looks like he's just sauntering down to the shops. So it looks like he's got a basket on the front of his bike. Little, his nice little red mud guard. So he's just popping along. And they've got to do three laps behind the old dude before he pulls out the way and they, they fire off. What, what's the point? Is was, is he the pace setter? I well, I guess so because I'm not allowed to overtake him. But why not just race for three laps, or why not just get him out of the way and do a whole six? It, it, it seemed after me. I think it's so they get up to the the top speed of the back. Well, yeah, Sharon did explain that to me. So, <laughs> so you so you know why he was there, but you still have got a beef about it. You, I, I know why he's there. Sharon explained. It just still seems stupid. When you were kids and you were racing on your bikes, when you're racing against your yeah, mates, you're, you're, not, you're not on your BMX doing jumps over a ramp that you put uh, a plank of wood over two bricks. These are professional athletes at the right. peak so of physical they, if, fitness. If they're that professional, you know, I'm not being funny. When I was racing down the ice street on my BMX, I didn't need my granddad there. They do. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> just saying. I mean, you have a point. Jesus mm. wept. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Maxi, anyway. We're not creative enough. We're not positive enough. It's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming Football's coming home. We'll go on getting back. It's on getting back. It's on getting back. It's on getting back. It's coming. Football's coming home. It's coming. afternoon good evening good morning wherever and whenever you may be listening or watching from this is chain wrestling live with mags and Sai, a radio techers production in conjunction with the sjp world media network i am Sai, and with me as always is the usf sundown just where royal rumble 1995 was 
to the It Finally Came Home. Oh yes, go on England. The Aldo Montoya to my state of paranoia. That's right, you can get pills for it. A podcaster who states, just like Shawn Michaels in the 1995 Royal Rumble, he always goes the full distance, but only if the time is shrunk down to 30 seconds, just like in the 1995 Royal Rumble. The podfather himself, Lord Mags. Are you excited about chain wrestling this week, my friend? Uh, yeah, I am. I've got some earth-shattering news uh, when we get to the, uh, the non-wrestling topic, something that I found out today that has absolutely blown my mind but we will get to it um did you watch uh SummerSlam this weekend uh yes i did i watched the first part of it and then i kind of fell asleep on the sofa and woke up the last part of it okay i mean i watched it um i really enjoyed it thought it was a a really good show to say how kind of snake bitten it was with uh with the the plans, I think Cody was meant to be in, in the in the title picture. Uh, I think they they did well to kind of uh, uh, pull a really good show out. The beginning of the triple triple H era saw some returns. Um, Dakota Carr, who was recently cut, came back. Bailey's back. Io Shirai called up to main roster. So yeah, it was a, a really fun show. And Brock versus Roman. Even though we've seen it, what. Uh, a dozen times now the way that that match went it felt fresh um so yeah i was uh really really impressed really impressed yeah i, I enjoyed what i saw you know i think becky lynch in the opener i thought that was a great match uh, the roman brock stuff i could watch those two scrap all the time i think they're great <laughs> you know but yeah I, I enjoyed it it was a good show hopefully this is a sign of things to come mm-hmm <laughs> Yep, absolutely. Uh, the word on the street is that the 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 locker room are very, very positive about Triple H being uh, head of creative and and head of talent relations. So, yeah, hopefully things will look look better. Hmm. Okay, I mean, before we dive into uh, the other wrestling event, I want to bring up in a moment. Shall we have a quick look who has joined us this evening, magazine in the chat? Yes, we shall. And as happens every week, somebody tries to steal Sharon's thunder. And this week it's Morty saying it's Monday. Morty, Morty. You know what that means. But Sharon <laughs> fires back um, saying saying the same. And then, Dan, it's mean day. You know what that knows. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> no, uh, you mean what that knows. <laughs> you mean what that knows, yeah. Uh, Morty saying I was worried I wasn't going to make the show again as I'm in a strange and foreign land struggling to communicate with the locals I think he may be in Burnley that might be the strange he's not I can tell you exactly where he is he's in Matson, just down the road from me <laughs> honestly down in, he's, he's in Gloucester yeah yeah because I'm meeting him for a pint tomorrow night but genuinely oh, he's, wow. he's, lit, he's literally in Gloucester yeah <laughs> the poor poor man I hope he wipes his feet on the way out you um, <laughs> he said, "I've not got my. He has. I haven't got my tits out this week, so he's off. Unfortunately, I, I mean, I would have kept that photo up because that was hilarious. I, t- I told the wife about it, and she called me a fucking idiot. Um, this week's looks a little bit like just because the way it's lit and where where our pictures are, it looks a little bit like you've put a picture up for yourself." Of Shawn Michaels yeah. and the Bulldog, and just thought, "Fuck, sigh." <laughs> well. I, I actually wanted to to get hold of a, pic, of a picture of uh, the the famous uh, ending, the the kind mm. of skinning the cat. Uh, but every picture I could find had someone else's have a logo on, or someone and they put like 
full match and like YouTube and thought I can't be bothered yeah, doing much photo editing. Yeah. Um, so Dan's uh, agreeing that it's nice to have football back after 56 years. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Mort says you can add it to the things that women do better than men. So everything, everything there, Morty. Scottish Danny in the chat. Hello, sir. How are you? Um, and Sharon says she hasn't stopped crying. The ladies finally went out and did. Listen, we don't need us men bashing over this. It's, oh, my goodness. It's amazing what the women have done. Absolutely amazing. But don't put us men down. We're nice. We're good at football as well sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. We, we're, we're at least average. <laughs> um, Morty's saying his niece loves football but there's no girls teams near her and she's the only girl on the team and got bullied a lot a couple of days before they won she scored a winner for her team absolutely oh, brilliant oh that's fantastic amazing fantastic stuff that's awesome uh, Sarah finds throwing repetitive uh, things repetitive but rolling dairy products down a hill he'll watch forever <laughs> look just to clear that up right the cheese roll happens once a year and it's maybe two, you know, they chuck it down a couple of times. That's it. It's not like, you know, say, for example, the Olympics is on for a month and it's the people just doing the same shit over and over again. Do you know what I mean? How, how often are the Olympics on? Every four years. Every four years. That's when the Olympics so are on. Not, every four so years. not, yeah, so not yearly then? No. No, so you have to wait four years till it comes round again. Yeah, but it's not just that, is it? It's like it's not just the Olympics because we've got the Commonwealth on now, and then you get like the World Athletics, and then you've got other stuff that the BBC shows or whatever channel it's on. It's you know, and it's all the same. And I'm not, I'm not saying that's bad. I'm not slagging it off like from a point of I think it's crap. It can be really entertaining, but it can. After a while, I'm like, all right, I've seen this now. I've seen this person chuck stuff now. Let's watch a bit of judo. And then when you've seen a woman chuck another woman around for a bit in the judo, it's like, all right, let's go watch something else now. So you know? is this? less to do with the 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 sporting prowess and more to do with you and your concentration span i've got no issues with my concentration span mate trust me so you've just said oh i'll watch some people do doing some judo mm. oh I've, I've had enough of this now let's turn over and you are a remote hogger aren't you and you flick between <laughs> channels <laughs> no i don't when the, when all this stuff on the athletics and that is on no i don't get i don't get a look in with the remote shard just dominates the tv from now on. yeah as she says gymnastics is the one i bloody love it yeah i, I don't know I, i'm not a massive fan of the gym, gymnastics um but yeah I, I get why it's people like it. it's so technical uh connor connor no soccer hello sir how are you um and Mort said he's actually interested to watch Raw. Yeah, uh, yeah. I had the. I mean, I, I haven't watched Raw uh, aside from like the special episodes, like the Raw one thousand and twenty five years. Um, I haven't watched it in decades. Uh, I'm I'm tempted to at least catch some highlights of it this time, just because mm -hmm. of how just to see how triple h changes things so that'll yeah. be interesting uh dan is saying the tractor had more personality than cody Rhodes to revenge jesus where that tractor was the star of the match it was absolutely amazing <laughs> aldo mantoya to the state of my paranoia that was brilliant uh scottish oh, danny thank you. <laughs> and utt rob giving a round of applause I, I think that's more to do with us than the women's football i would assume i think uh, it's a wave isn't it he might, he might just be he might just be saying hi oh, hi rob <laughs> it did, yeah hi rob yeah there's, there's me and my uh vision um so sharon's saying she she has the power to ban people 
Um, Bally Mortar. That's a yeah. That's that's don't, a diving don't line early cross the boss. Phrase, yeah, don't cross the boss. Um, Mortar saying, "Yeah, Sharon, I, when I did that, I forgot that I'm technically within hitting distance. She'll swill you. She'll <laughs> she'll sail come for a pan, and she'll be behind him, and she'll swill you with that pan." <laughs> and I've got me, I've got friends in Matson. Jesus Christ, he's no. friendly to send the send the boys around. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, some areas of Matson are rough as fuck, mind. So you want to behave. <laughs> Dan says that you need to stop the pretense. Uh, you were talking to him about a cheese rolling podcast yesterday. You're such I mean, a fucking liar. You sit on a throne of lies. <laughs> <laughs> they- this is brilliant. They they should try rolling cottage cheese, make it a challenge cheese. Yeah, okay. Or yeah. dairy Try rolling I'll, I'll suggest it at the next meeting down the farm. And Morte is up for a cheese rolling podcast, I think. <laughs> cheese a vision, Morte, cheese a vision. Oh. And then we've got Scottish Daddy agreeing with the lot. Uh so yeah, that's uh that's pretty much all the chat caught up with awesome stuff mate before we get on to our hall of lane on our quick touch upon rick flair's last match i watched it this afternoon um okay have you seen it magsy i'm not okay um, i don't think i particularly want to because it's, it's been um from what i've read about it uh it's not good it's essentially a, um a 73-year-old man getting beat the fuck up. A 73-year-old man with a pacemaker getting um, beat the fuck up. Okay, the, the card itself, there was, there was some good stuff on there. It's, it's very nostalgic, obviously, with the whole Jim Crockett Promotions aspect to it. Um, Rock and Roll Express and Arn Anderson's there and all this sort of stuff. It's, it's very nostalgic. There's some good matches on there. There's some not-so-good matches on there. There's a brilliant um, AAA luchador four-way contest. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a massive fan of Ray Phoenix anyway. It's it's that was that was really good. Flair's last match. I'm a huge Flair mark. I think the guy's the, the greatest to ever do it. And I really wanted this to go well. It could have been a lot worse, but it could have been a hell of a lot better. There were it, it went on far too long. Okay. It went on far too long and the stuff you see online now, I mean, people, my guarantee people have been on Facebook, Twitter, wherever, and seen little videos, clips of it, and so on. Those bits you see are the worst of what happens. There's a lot of decent stuff that goes on as well, but it probably doesn't outweigh the bad. Okay. I just hope that now he's got it out of his system. It's the last match on his terms. I just kind of hope that's going to be it, you know? I don't no. think it is. I think he's going to be the Terry Funk where if the Brat paycheck comes along, he'll do it all again. Mm, okay. Okay. I, I'm as, as much as uh, Jeff Jarrett gets a lot of hate from what well, us and from uh, <laughs> from Dan Griffin and others as well, <laughs> I, I, I want to sort of, in a really rare occasion here, I want to sing his praises a little bit because he worked his bollocks off in this match to try and... Mm-hmm get it to a standard that was okay but even that didn't really save it ultimately it's a 70 plus year old man who with a pacemaker yes who shouldn't be wrestling but there's ways you can get around it you can it's Mm -hmm. a tag match so first of all there's your first shortcut okay he's got younger guys around him who can work there's another shortcut Mm -hmm. 
all I wanted to see was the music hit, Flair come out in his robe, do a bit of a strat, woo a few times, hit a few chops. Could have done without seeing him bleed, but it's Ric Flair. I suppose it ticks another box for a Flair match. And then yeah. tag out, let the younger guys do their stuff. He comes in, gets the win with a figure four. Five minutes, one and you know, just done, and that's that. You know, yeah. that, that would work for me. But this went on far too long. The stalling by the other guys trying to get it to a passable level eventually went too much because of how much they had to do to carry it that way. It's not as bad as people are making out online, but at the same time, if you're going to watch it, Magzi, prepare yourself for some uncomfortable moments. Uh, I will I will eventually watch it. Um, um, it's not exactly something that I'm clamouring to, to watch right now, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, um, I just hope, like you said, he's got it out of his system now, and he, and and that's the end of it. But Ric Flair being Ric Flair, I don't, I don't see that. But nah, yeah, no. Nah, but there we go. Anyway, that's that then, I suppose. Uh, on the topic of things that could be a lot better, shall we chuck some crap away, Magsy, in the chain wrestling hall of lame? We shall. The- What we got, mate? What we got? Okay, so before I get into my Hall of Lame, I want to, I want to kind of give a a definition. Uh, I want to give the definition of of art. So um, it's well, um, it's widely accepted that art is uh, the purpose of art is to allow people um to express emotion uh commemorate um um expose injustice and make political statements uh, overcome obstacles and kind of uh, give their view of the world around them um you can um teach uh people uh compassion history empathy and uh, at its kind of like the core of art is for um someone to be able to um sh- express themselves uh basically uh showing uh what what their character is all about uh and i think all of us as wrestling fans can agree that we see wrestling as as an art form um sometimes it's a very kind of raw uh ugly looking art form and sometimes wrestling can yeah. be absolutely uh amazing uh it it can take you uh on an emotional roller coaster uh and that for me is it, it epitomizes why i love wrestling and it and it it really kind of stamps down that that wrestlers are artists they're they're instead of using paint or music uh as their medium they use their their technical skill their bodies uh to to paint us a a physical picture to take us on an emotional journey and um, something that's relatively true about artists is the 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 most highly loaded the best of the artists usually have um some sort of inner turmoil uh usually uh have a constant battles with their own demons uh because mm-hmm. they if you have that kind of a the dark side of your life it it can kind of express itself with uh with the light side of your creativeness 
Um, and that, that I think, is the same with, with wrestling. Some of the uh, best wrestlers in the world have had some very, very dark demons, some very, uh, very yeah. kind of hard things that they've had to uh, go through and they laugh. See, I, I, this is slowly working its way back round to wrestling. Um, okay. But one thing that has really kind of uh, ground me as a wrestling fan uh, for the longest time is when wrestling blurs the lines of uh, of a of a character and the the wrestler behind it their real life personal demons. So I want to put into the Hall of Fame this week um, wrestling using. Uh, inner demons as a storyline fodder. Um, now we've seen this over the years, multiple, multiple times. I mean, go go back to 1996 with uh, um, Jake the Snake Roberts and and Jerry Lawler uh, pouring whiskey down his throat. Um, oh. I mean, this was a, a guy who struggled and still constantly struggles with his demons uh, with with alcohol and drink. Uh, fast forward a little bit to um, Hawk from uh, the Legion of Doom uh, when he uh, uh, was having um, drink problems. Um, it was for, it was uh, put into a storyline with uh, with Droz uh, being kind of like the third member of uh, uh, of the Legion of Doom, and then we got that horrific scene where Hawk fell off the top of the Titan Trump. Um, again, taking into uh, making a story out of Hawk's real life real life issues um then we had and for me probably one of the most uh, egregious ones um scott hall when he uh, came back to the wwe as part of uh, the nwo um he was put in a program with stone cold steve austin uh, and part of the build for that he was kidnapped then he was locked in uh, a fridge piled high with beer um austin taunting him uh saying do you want a beer um, dragging him to the ring, pouring a beer all over him, and this was a guy who's who has had a noted history of alcoholism and and, and drug abuse. And at the time, he was actually on uh, a medication called Antabuse, which which was to physically make him be sick if he drunk mm-hmm. alcohol. And yeah. he was there getting alcohol uh, poured all over him. And then recently, still happening now to this day, we had Jeff Hardy and and Sheamus. Uh, having a, a storyline and built all around the 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 demons of of Jeff Hardy to the point where Jeff had to take um, a, a urine sample in the ring uh, to be tested by a doctor as part of this storyline. Um, yeah, I just it makes me really really uncomfortable as someone who has demons, not uh, not particularly with uh, with substance abuse, but. Um, I, I certainly do have issues with uh, with uh, with my mental health. To see someone's um, problems being used as a catalyst to push a fantasy product, yeah, it really kind of grinds me. So, yeah, my entry this week is uh, the, using real life demons as part of a storyline. Yeah, yep, I, I'm totally on board with that, mate. I think it's lazy. I think it's lazy booking, lazy story mm-hmm. writing. I understand that some people like when the lines are blurred between the TV product and reality. I understand it can make it for being a bit edgy and so on, but you don't need to be doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the things you listed there, in fact, maybe I think all of the things you listed there were within one company. Yeah. 
So we know how that company for a long time operated. We know how that company was, I suppose, the employees or contractors, as they, they were referred to as, were, I suppose, working under fear a lot of the time. A lot of these guys were told, if you don't do what, you, what we're told, that's it, you're done. Maybe that played a part in them doing these storylines or whatever. Oh, yeah. Who knows? Ab- Who knows? Ab- absolutely. And, and you've also got to take into account the person uh, at the top of uh, the, the pile, Vince McMahon, he reveled in embarrassing people. Uh, yeah. How many times have people gone to their hometown and they've been the butt of the jokes? Um, I mean, JR, for instance, um, yeah. had to kiss, his, kiss Vince McMahon's ass in his hometown. Um, so, uh, oh, yeah, I, I understand that this is the whims of, uh, of of one man. It's just, for me, it's it's endemic in wrestling. I mean, we, we've seen... Uh, AEW uh, skirt the lads. It was never as 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 kind of egregious as any of them storylines. But the whole uh, um, depressed hangman and uh, alcoholism there that kind of skirted the same kind of lines. Um, so it, it seems to be something that, like you said, wrestling is built on it. It's blurring the lines, uh, mm. being based as much in reality. Um, I just think sometimes. Um, you can leave those stories in the bin for me. It's, it, that doesn't attract me to wrestling. Yeah. Just be better, isn't it? I suppose is the message. <laughs> yeah. Just be better at your job that you're very well paid for. You don't need to be dipping into this sort of thing. And so you've got to think of these people's families. Not even their families. You've got to think of families of people who have been affected by what you see on television. You know, I mean, you, m- my wife watches Hollyoaks. Stuff happens on Hollyoaks with regards to people's drink, drugs, whatever. There's always a disclaimer on there saying if you've been affected by any of this, there's a number to call. You don't get that with WWE television. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. which I think You're is right. quite irresponsible, isn't it? Yep, you are right. Hmm. Yeah, I agree, though, mate. I agree. That's a great shake for the Hall of Lane this week. And just another reason why I think fuck Vince McMahon, really. So. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Yes. Hey, goodbye. Did a hell of a lot of good for the wrestling business. It's very easy to forget that. But I'm not, did. I'm, I'm not sad he's gone. Exactly. Same. Absolutely yeah. the same. Yeah, there we go. My, uh, my entrance into the Hall of Lame this week, Magsy, is... Nowhere near as in depth or as well thought out or as always going to be as articulately explained as, as your one. Mine is sort of a request from a friend of ours called Scottish Danny, with reference to a Nitro Nights episode we recorded the other week. Uh, I said, Yep, that makes sense. Going in Monday. So, on behalf of Scottish Danny, I would like to chuck in somebody from WCW who looked the part. Really did. He looked like he was going to be an absolute star. But, and this is the reason he's going in, he was just shite. I've got no long in-depth explanation. That's just the reason why. And I present to you Van Hammer. Wow. Okay. Now, Van Hammer was 6'6", 270, 280, something like that. He never really got it. Let's be honest. None of his matches were great. And he looked amazing. But then we had this awful rock star gimmick of his. Now, that's the era of Van Hammer I'm discussing. Later on, Van Hammer in WCW, you know, in much, much later, the Attitude Era and so on, we can look at that another time. I'm talking early 90s Van Hammer before he left the company, and I think it was 93, 94 ish, whatever. Just 
it just wasn't very good. He, his feet got muddled up all the time. <laughs> his timing was completely out all the time. Sometimes it looked like he didn't really know where he was supposed to be stood. But what I'd also like to include in all of this, uh, well, first of all, something that will please a couple of people, I, I'm fully aware. Uh, his debut match, it looked okay because he came out and destroyed Terry Taylor in less than 40 seconds. I know that's going to bring a smile to certain people's faces in the chat. <laughs> Fuck Terry Taylor. Exactly. Uh, but after that, oh, dear me, dear me. It's just not a good look at all. And part of the whole entrance into the Hall of Lane, I want to put forward the gimmick itself as well because it just shows how WCW a lot of the time, and, and wrestling in general, I suppose, a lot of the time, they haven't got their finger on the pulse. Okay. Now, Terry, Terry Taylor, got him on the brain now. Look, Van Hammer was signed in September of 1991 for a mm-hmm. lot of money, $150,000 a year he was given Jesus. in 1991 on the base of a couple of triad matches. Okay. He was given a gimmick that I suppose looks wise maybe did suit him because he had the long blonde hair and the tan yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So he looked like a hair metal guy on dusty roads and all the, all the guys who were in, you know, producing the show at the time were thinking, okay, this is, this is going to be great. This is in touch with the kids. This is what everyone's into. He, but he looked like he was in warrant or he looked like he was in, I don't know, white lion or, or, you know, Cinderella or one of these hair bands, poison or Motley Crue or whatever. September, 1991 is the exact same month. Nirvana released the album never mind and uh, we got the seismic shift to to grunge well it had already started never mind was not nirvana's first album grunge had been going for a couple of years before that anyway but literally if they really had their fingers on the pulse they would know that by the time we were hitting 1990 hair metal was on its way out and by the time nirvana released their first album which was 1990 they killed hair metal overnight <laughs> but yet wcw at the time thought this is in touch with the kids this is what the kids want rock and roll big big hair and you know so yeah i mean don't get me wrong i'm not saying i wanted to see van hammer come down carrying an acoustic guitar wearing a cardigan looking like kurt cobain or whatever <laughs> you know but no because we had raven for that <laughs> well yeah exactly <laughs> but that is my entry into the hall of lane this week my friend van hammer and his early 90s wcw run with the guitar he couldn't play and the shit out of date gimmick. Uh, this absolutely tickled me from from Dan Griffin. Van Hammer was once talking shit about smaller wrestlers at a Christmas party at DDP's house, and William Regal smacked the shit out of him. Go on, Regal. Go on, Regal. And Robbie saying the major stash disrespect on this podcast is deserved. He also <laughs> says, fuck, fuck Terry Taylor. And Kevin Nash killed WCW, but Terry Taylor kicked it when it was down, waited for it to be resuscitated, (laughs) and kicked it again, then shit in its mouth. (laughs) Brilliant. (laughs) Brilliant. I I count myself lucky that I wasn't uh, a a big WCW watcher, uh, so I... I've seen very little of Van Hammer, um, by the sounds of it. I've had a lucky, lucky escape. To quote Bruce Pritchard, it all looked all right for a while, and then that bell. And then the bell. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And and then, of course, grunge. (laughs) Dead. But there we go. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Magsy, is there anything else in the chat we need to check in with quickly before we jump on our non-wrestling topic? 
Yeah, a lot of uh, talk about um, our um, our picks. Um, oh, in fact, well, let's go back to, um, I think it was Scottish Danny or, or Morty saying that at the Ric Flair at one spot, he faked a heart attack right in front of his family. Jesus, that's grim. I mean, that description is, is spot on. That is exactly what happened. Oh. But what you actually saw... It weren't like a, it weren't like when they had the heart attack in WCW and he's on the deck or anything like that. He, he he grabbed his chest and went like this a bit and then popped a thumb in the guy's eye. I actually found it quite amusing because everyone's saying he was going to okay. die in the ring. I kind of took it as a bit of a but I can understand at the same time if his family weren't smartened up to this, that could have been a bit of a worry. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so we've got Dan saying, uh, even at the time it aired, uh, eight, nine-year-old uh, me knew that the store, the Hawk storyline was bullshit. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, but it was very much based in, in reality. Hawk did have a massive uh, drink and pills problem. Um, so, um, yeah, it's just it, it just feels grammy to me to to do storylines like that and and as danny uh puts perfectly it's such a cheap crutch it it absolutely is cam griffin in the chat hello sir uh we will be talking some wrestling this week cam so you don't have to disappear halfway through (laughs) and apparently that's uh morty's favorite griffin brother um so yeah danny's uh Danny's now banning Morty from the Doctor Who part. <laughs> brilliant, I mean, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, Cammy saying a guest entrance to the Hall of Lame. Yeah, and I, I actually do want to uh, pick a bone with you about this. This is not the first time that you have half asked your your pick for the Hall of Lame. You need to um, you need to pull it out of the bag next week, sir. Now getting people to give you Hall of Lame picks. Come on. No, I didn't ask for it. He suggested it, and I said, yeah, no worries. God, there's, no, there's no problem with that, is there? Um, Connor <laughs> says... <laughs> Connor saying, Van Hammer sound like a Vince McMahon wet dream. Um, yeah, Vince certainly does love his uh, big sweaty men, but thankfully, it's not his up to him anymore, so hopefully we'll get the likes of Johnny Gagano back. Mm. Um I'm a, Dan, I'm amazed Vince never offered Van Hammer a tour bus. Um, and Rob says, wasn't that a brain aneurysm in WCW? I um, don't know. It might well have been. Well, I can just remember mm-hmm. it being an incredibly bad taste because nobody was told it was going to happen. And people mm-hmm. were very upset backstage because they believed it to be real when they were filming mm-hmm. it live for like Nitro or something like that. The details yeah. were a bit hazy, but yeah, it might have been a brain aneurysm. In my mind, I'm thinking heart attack. But like, it's very, very plausible. I could be wrong because, I'll be honest, it wouldn't be the first time. So, <laughs> uh, and Mark bringing it right up today is saying rumor that the first hour of, of Raw tonight is ad free. So that 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 might be a reason why people tune in if you don't want yeah, to watch maybe. ads. I got work, but yeah, that, up and watch when I get home. That's the chat all caught up with. Lovely stuff. So then, we'll jump on our non-wrestling topic this week, Magzi. Let's uh, do it. Basically, this week, we thought, you know, people have time off from work sometimes, whether it's putting a sickie or it's legit, or you, maybe you just take a day's holiday and stay at whatever. What do you do with that time when you're at home? Or what did you do when you're off school poorly? You know, if you were skiving, did you do something you shouldn't have been doing? Or were you just sat in front of daytime TV? What did you watch? And so on. So that was kind of what we went with, Magsy, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It was. It, it wasn't was. the original pick. 
Uh, our, our original pick got bumped because it's being used on an, on another show on the network. Uh, well, yeah, that wasn't actually why it was bumped, but I did contribute. Okay. There's another show. <laughs> I can't remember who it was, but there was, I think there's two other shows that are not part of this network who are also running a kind of ask us anything, which is going to be our oh, topic okay. this week. And I thought, well, everyone's asking everybody anything. Let's do something a bit different. It's kind of what we went with. So, yeah. The other show Magsy is mentioning is actually checking at Power Palace. That's part of the SJP World Media Network, where me and my wife will just be sitting down and having a chat. Start off with once a fortnight, maybe once a week when we get going, whatever. And a few people have sent questions in to that show there. It was literally a throwaway thing on Twitter. Just ask us, you know, if you want to ask any questions into the show, get them in. And it kind of ran away and snowballed and became very much a Q&A format for the episode so mm-hmm. it's gonna be quite interesting there but that was not the actual intent when it went out so <laughs> it was more of a yeah if you've got any questions just chuck them our way sort of thing and it kind of snowballed from there so a, a sure bass sarpowl that snowballs um again like we mentioned i think it was last week this was meant to be 45 minutes long this show <laughs> really even that we, it's just half hour <laughs> we, we went two hours last week and didn't touch any wrestling whatsoever. Ridiculous. But we ridiculous. Are a wrestling podcast. At least we're getting some wrestling in this week. We are. And we have we have got to crack on and get to that, to be fair. Because we're 40 <laughs> minutes in and we still haven't touched our main topic yet. I'm on wrestling topic, sorry. NWT time. Oh no wrestling talk here. It's the non-wrestling topic. Lovely. Nice. Lovely. Nice. Ooh, lovely. Lovely. Uh, I will start with Twitter then, and we'll go to any DMs that we received at the end, Magsy, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, we start off with Rob, at UTT Rob on Twitter. He says, it's a well-established story on Bang Bang Podcast but I was in a pub in Harrow in the late 90s and they charged me so much for a pint, I assumed they charged me for two. So I took two off the bar. The other one belonged to Going for Gold host, Henry Kelly. So we had words. It's brilliant. (laughs) Such a brilliant story. Can you imagine Rob threatening to go outside with Henry Kelly and beat his teeth in? That'd be brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if he is like low-key a tough guy though, Henry Kelly. I mean, his, his hair looked like it was hairspray till it was stiff. So one headbutt, he's, and he's going to cut yeah. your yeah, he's going to cut your your forehead open. And he's quite sort of spindly as well. And his long arms and legs, a bit like Peter Crouch. Imagine his elbows like wiry. Yeah, that's wiry. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, at Scottish Juggalo on Twitter, Danny here, uh, who has a show fast approaching on the SJP World Media Network, coming up very very soon with our good friend Tyler Peters. Uh, He says here, he faked being ill, so I didn't have to attend the final day of school in 2007. Uh, Instead, he watched an entire series of whatever happened to the likely lads on UK Gold. (laughs) What a waste of a day. What an absolute waste of a day. Oh, no. Wasn't that like, wasn't there the likely lads and then whatever happened to the likely lads? They were two different shows, weren't they? Yeah, I think so. I think they had the same stars, but... The, the shows were like decades apart I think the original Light Lads was in black and white oh okay oh why okay uh, UK Gold used to show some, show some great stuff didn't it you know the old stuff like uh, um, yeah but there's also a lot of old tribe that hasn't aged well yeah yeah fair point 
Cam, Minder. Ooh, yeah. those are fighting words, mate. You're going to start a scrap with people in the chat talking about Minder. <laughs> <laughs> Cam at Cam Griff 92. Brilliant to see you joining us again this evening, my friend. Uh, yes, he sir. says here. I once skived off school by putting my forehead against the radiator. <laughs> Classic. Classic. <laughs> putting my forehead against the radiator for a while, then getting my mother to take my temperature. Some amateur dramatics later, and I was off school and ran at my nan's to eat absolutely anything she supplied. Cracking day. <laughs> Brilliant. Amazing. I wonder if his parents know that yet. <laughs> I hope they're watching. I really, yeah. really hope they're watching or listening. Dan, now you've got some info on, on your brother, you can now bribe him, blackmail him for something. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, he's left school a long time ago. He's got his own house. So no, but mum, mums never forget. Mums no, never true. forget, and they never forgive. The other Griffin brother, at Dan Griffin 21 he says here, though, in comparison, I've never skived off school or work. You sit on a throne of lies. I do bullshit. <laughs> i'm calling bullshit um but when i was sick as a kid it was all disney films the 90s spider-man and x-men cartoons and game shows uh game shows like blockbusters or 15 to 1 the last time i was off sick from work i watched three seasons of doom patrol and loads of wrestling right i don't know what doom patrol is and i completely forgot no nor me i completely forgot 15 to 1 even existed Ted Dukes from Ludlow in Shropshire. Derek Craddock from Redditch in Worcestershire. Karen Atkinson from Lincoln. Wendy Taylor from Camberley in Surrey. Andrew Straw from Long Eaton in Nottinghamshire. Ted Martin from Stoke-on-Trent. Until it was brought up this topic. And I was like, I, I don't know what, my mind just dominated with blockbusters and going for gold. Will, you forgot William G. Robinson, the host. I don't even know that. 15 to 1. I, I know 15 to 1, but I don't remember that, dude. He was the host. Okay. I can't picture him. I can picture everyone stood in the, like a semicircle, the lights on. That's the same one, isn't it? Yeah. And then when you, I think it's in the second round where you nominate people to, to get them to answer a question wrong and then they, they get voted off. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They should bring stuff like that back. Uh, it's, I think it's still on, or it, 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 it was on, because uh, Sandy Toxvic was hosting it for a while. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Ah, Steve-O, at Total Steve-O on Twitter. He says here, I've never skived off to watch anything. However, when ill, and I have to say, and I have to stay in, which I hate, it'll always be my continuous history of Attitude Era that's coming to an end soon. Uh, the Bill, some YouTube Clearly. videos. Yeah, obviously The Bill. Yeah, he's, he's been obsessed, and he fair play with uh, When off recently, recovering from surgery, I watched Line of Duty. I tried to watch other series, many I couldn't get into, but discovered a British show called Liar. That was great. Went back to rewatch Peep Show for the eighth time and rewatching for the fourth time Detectorists. What's Detectorists? I've never heard of that, but Peep Show is it's a staple in this house. Yeah, I love Peep Show. It's great. Uh, I remember when I dislocated my knee when I was 15. Steve continues. Every day for six weeks, I watch Die Hard 3 and Lockstock. As you can guess, I know every word. Why Die Hard 3 over and over again? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not the best of the Die Hards. It's um, good. Lock- but, you know, but if you're stuck in for six weeks, you could just watch all of them, no matter which one's the best or not, can you? 
yeah, just like one a day for your for your diehards and every. I mean, I like Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. I think Guy, some of Guy Ritchie's films have been absolutely amazing, but I don't think I'd like it as much if I was watching it every day for six weeks. Mm. That's but then like, he says he was like, fifteen, so it's a different mentality when you're a kid, isn't it? I think it, it would be even worse, surely, because your attention span is it sh- surely shorter. I don't know. I don't, when I was when I was younger, younger than fifteen, I would watch the original Ghostbusters movie over and over and over again when I was a kid. But I'm talking like single digits here. Okay. Now imagine doing that at fifteen, though. And we and slating mm. poor Steve O. Uh, he was uh, injured, obviously. Uh, I mean, if he wants to watch Lockstock, that's absolutely fine. Uh, but it just it seems a lot. Six six weeks in a row every day. Every day for six weeks, so seven dates. That's forty-two times you watch that film. Yeah, I mean, he may have watched it multiple times per day. Why, Steve? Figure out how many times you watched it in that period and message the show, yeah. mate. Yeah, I mean, two hours ago on average for a film, it could easily fit in six a day. Six a day. So, oh, I'm not even going to try and figure that one out. Um, <laughs> at five nerds go, they say here. Many, many times he would skive off and watch Takeshi's Castle. Oh, that used to be one batshit crazy show, didn't it? Yeah, it just... Did anyone ever actually win it as well? Because yeah, like a handful of people? Really? I've, I yeah. don't remember seeing anyone win it because the, the last uh, kind of challenge was always rigged where you had that paper ring on your stupid yeah. little go-kart thing and you had to not get the paper ring shot uh, by the water cannons and the 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 emperor guard or the imperial guard always seemed to to be able to bust the 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 paper ring so i don't think i remember seeing anybody win it i think i have seen i don't know if i saw it on the show itself or if it was one of those videos that pops up on like youtube or whatever saying here are the people who have won to castle so you get to watch okay. it in that and and bugger all happens you get a couple of fireworks and that's about it it's like after all that mucking around was that worth the effort you know yeah and uh, the, i remember one of the 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 games that they played the the floating stones that looked yeah. like it, it broke people like yeah. literally broke them <laughs> like, <laughs> when they try and run across these uh these stones which were um, the majority of them were solid but every every now and again one would be just floating and you put any weight on it and it'd sink um, yeah. And you'd see people do that and then crash into another stone or all their legs and oh, uh, look like they do the splits. Yeah, it looked, it looked horrific. Uh, five minutes go, continue. Ninja Warrior, similar sort of thing, isn't it? Just people running around getting walloped by shit. Yep, um, pretty much. 15 to 1 and Golden Balls. Golden Balls was good. Cool. That was a Jasper Carrot, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was one of those game shows, I think, that didn't outstay its welcome. I think it only run for maybe two or three seasons, um, but yeah, the steel or split uh, thing where you you basically had to lie first of all about yeah. how much money you had on 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 your front row and on your back row, uh, and then when you have a massive pot of money and you think, oh, we'll we'll share this money, yeah, let's let's share, we'll split, and then some twat goes I'm taking the lot, and yeah. then the or when they both are twats. And they both say steal, and then they get nothing. Brilliant show. What would you do, Max, if you were in that situation? I I would split. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I'd feel guilty. Yeah, I'd feel guilty if uh, if I basically stole all the money and then the, the other person's going on with the bus fare home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Jeremy Kyle <laughs> or Kilroy? Bloody hell, Kilroy. That's a blast from the past, isn't it? Kil- I mean, Kilroy was a bit more upper class than than Jeremy Kyle. Jeremy Kyle was the... That's not difficult, mate, is it? Do you know what I mean? Jeremy yeah. Kyle was as low as you can get. I mean, if you had your full set of teeth when you went on Jeremy Kyle, you was better than 99% of the other guests. Yeah. yeah. Jeremy Kyle, Jesus Christ. That was a grim, grim show. It, it, oh. The good thing about it is it made you feel better about your own laugh because you knew that there were scumbags way worse than you out there. There's a few people from Gloucester on it for one episode. Shock! <laughs> I am not. I wouldn't be surprised if the studio wasn't in Gloucester. No, it was up north, mate. It was closer to you. Fuck you. It was. Uh, I know uh, it was. <laughs> a bit more of a catchment area that way, look. Um, <laughs> Friends reruns, yeah? I mean, they seem to be on all the time anyway, don't they? So you're going to catch yeah. them at some stage. Not sure that I'm massively bothered about uh, if it's on and there's nothing else on. It, it's like background music, I suppose. Um, it was inoffensive. It was an inoffensive show, wasn't it? It was funny in the early days, mate, but it's, it's one of those that went on for too long, isn't it? Yeah. Last season was funny as well, but yeah, it went on a bit too long. And then five nerds go, say, cartoons like Spongebob. Now, I, I never watched Spongebob because it came out when no. I was a bit older. Yeah, I was too old for, for Spongebob. I've seen some of it, and I don't really get it. I know a group of people my age did start watching it, but they're all stoners. So I think it was just a case <laughs> that they just sit around getting stoned and watching that. And, and Takeshi's Castle was a show you'd watch when you were stoned. Yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. It's all bad. Allegedly. Yeah. So I've, so I've been told, kids, if you're in the chat. <laughs> uh, at Pigs Bladders on Twitter. They say here, a group of us went to school, skived off before it started, but the school was in a village five miles from home. Couldn't risk walking on the roads and getting caught, so went across country. Took us six hours to get home. (laughs) Arrived about 15 minutes earlier than if we'd have stayed. (laughs) What? (laughs) Wow, that is is bad. You'd have have just stayed at school. Yeah, exactly, mate. Exactly. Live and learn, though. Oh, Live and learn. That's a long old track as well, isn't it? Five miles home. Yeah, but for it for it to get home, basically, when when you probably would have got home if you'd have just stayed in school. That's yeah. that's brutal. That's a brutal hard lesson to learn. Uh, Connor knows soccer at Connor knows footy on Twitter. He says here he skipped school to watch the World Cup draw. <laughs> Brilliant, and he also skipped school because he had. It, it wasn't it only on for like half an hour. Oh no, those things go on for like two years, don't they? The draw it goes on for so long. Did I mean? Th- out, I think. Yeah, I, I suppose. But to skip a whole day of school for it. <laughs> uh, he also says here he skipped school because he had COVID apparently on transfer deadline day. But COVID is written very much with speech marks around it, so he obviously <laughs> didn't have COVID <laughs> and just wanted to watch. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's it for Twitter. Actually, Magsy, I think, unless I've missed anyone. Um, I don't think so. Yep, that's everyone. But you've got right. uh, 
some some uh, WhatsAppers, I assume. Yeah, I've got one via WhatsApp, and that comes from Charlie. I worry about the day Charlie's old enough to decide. You know what? I wouldn't mind having a Twitter and all the reprobates that watch our show. You know, she follows them because she recognises the names. That scares me, mate. <laughs> but anyway, Charlie says via WhatsApp. If she's off school, she's either sleeping, staying in her bed, and watching Wilbur Suit, who is her favourite YouTuber. And she watches that that guy do videos over and over and over again. So, who is he? Who is he? What videos he, does he do? He, he does all sorts. Um, he also makes a bit of music as well. And when we went on okay. holiday, like I said, we had a, uh, a a sort of Spotify playlist we all assembled. She put on Wilbur Suit songs on the playlist, and I'll be honest, most of it is not my cup of tea. But there's one or two I thought this is all right, you know. Ah, Morty in the chat there saying, Christ, I don't let her follow Fitch. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Thankfully, Charlie's got no interest in social media at the moment. You know, but she's 13 in a couple of months. So I think that may change soon. So that, yeah, be interesting. It'd be interesting. And lastly, via Twitter DMs, we have Andy from Bang Bang Podcast. And he says here, obviously, my love of neighbours is well documented. So my days of school were coordinated with exciting storylines. When Joe Mangle's wife died, I took the day off in tribute. <laughs> I, I, I wonder how he uh, commemorated the last ever Neighbours, because it's officially finished now, isn't it, Neighbours? Yeah, it's been it cancelled. Is it, though? I mean, who was watching it, apart from Andy? Yeah, that's true. Actually, to be fair, Sharon, I noticed on the box downstairs, the last episode has been recorded on our cable box and i am intrigued to watch it in a kind of morbid this is the end kind of way okay i think the last time uh i remember watching it was when harold bishop got amnesia and he didn't think he was harold did he get trapped yeah. in a in a fishing net or something like that and nearly drowned did uh, he fall off a cliff yeah i think so yeah, but um, it's in, into into the ocean, wasn't it? And then he he basically didn't drown because of the fishing net. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, but then he got amnesia and he wasn't Harold. Mm. That's the last I remember watching. So that must be twenty five years ago. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, Madge Bishop was in the last episode, but she, her character has been dead for a long time, so she appeared. <laughs> <laughs> of course brilliant I, apparently i don't know if that actually happened but that's one of the rumors i read building up to it what they should have done is gone the classic carly Minogue coming out of the shower and just like on on dallas queen i've just had the weirdest dream and just the I'd last drop. 25 years of of, uh, <laughs> of neighbors just been her fever dream <laughs> I'd watch Colin Minogue coming out of the shower, mate. No worries about that. <laughs> oh, you're going to be as rude as you like with me. That's why I said, or Jason, maybe. Wow, well, yeah, maybe. And yeah, and then Banks with a dog just runs around the corner. He's still alive, and it is, everything's <laughs> just back to the way it was. You know, Joe Mangles, yeah. Mrs. She's still a bait as well. She, she was shot, weren't she? I can remember Couldn't her walking you. through. I think she was, she was protesting something. I want to say protesting people shooting animals. And then ironically, and she got she shot. Got shot. <laughs> oh my God, on the nose there, neighbours. I think. <laughs> I think, anyway. I may be wrong about that. Somebody in the chat's bound to let us know. Joe Mangle uh, misses, yeah, when she got shot. This would be the ideal time to just uh, just strong arm in the neighbours theme tune for the audio version. Well, maybe that will happen. Uh, Andy does actually continue, though, Magsy. 
Uh, in skiving related news, when I was doing GCSE drama, my small group of eight male friends were given six weeks to come up with a piece which we'd perform and get graded on for our final mark. We were left to our own devices, so we all went round my house, smoked fags, and read the paper. <laughs> he says, my mum was working in a bookies at the time, so we would ring her up and she would put bets on for us whilst we were watching the... <laughs> naughty, naughty. <laughs> whilst we were watching the racing Amazing. on TV. We all got D's in drama. The teacher, who turned out to be a nonce, he says here in brackets, said our final piece was, and he quotes, fucking shit. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> uh, but more importantly, did you win on any of your bets? Well, there's, there's no further information, I'm afraid, brother. No. I can't give you any follow-ups on that. And, and uh, we need inquiring minds need to know how much you won on those bets. What should be yeah. three and sixpence? <laughs> he said. He said it was it was GCSE drama. Did he say that? Well, it's drama, right? Okay. It could have been sixteen, seventeen. So, mm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. How much money do you have as a sixteen-year-old to bet with? It's twenty pence uh, pocket money. Well, yeah, I suppose. I suppose. Ah, uh, Magsy, what about yourself? Yeah, I, I'm kind of like Dan. Um, not really a, a, a scarving person. Um, never ever scarved school ever. Um, if I was ever ill, uh, I'd watch a lot of the same kind of things that have been mentioned in 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 mm. the chat. Um, but there, I suppose there is one that I I, I should mention. Uh, first of all, I'm uh, on the same lines as Connor. Uh, for me, transfer deadline day is like Christmas, so that's a a day that um, I will definitely take off work and it. The, the TV will be permanently on Sky Sports to, to watch uh, all the, the happenings in the transfer uh, window. Uh, but the other major one is I, I booked a, a full week off work uh, when Metal Gear Solid 4 was released so I could uh, play through the whole game. Um, okay. I ended, up, I ended up completing it in one sitting all the way through. And if you know anything about that game... It is. It's got dozens of hours of, um, of video, so it's like essentially watching a, a two-day movie. Um, yeah, that <laughs> that was brutal, but yeah, the amazing, absolutely amazing game. I I, I can't wait to to play it again. I haven't played it in so so long, but yeah, booked a full week off work just to play Metal Gear Solid. That's something we should chuck out for a non-wrestling topic, isn't it? Old computer games we loved or played or memories from arcades. And there so we on. go. Next week's topic. Give it early. Ah, okay, there we go. We'll do that. Don't start tweeting in yet because I'll just freaking lose them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait, wait for the tweet to remind you, but yeah, just yeah. giving you some more thinking time. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, I, used to, I, I didn't go to art at school for about three months hated it oh I, I definitely went to art art was yeah. one of my favorite subjects well, that, not because I, not because i did i was good at art or i was any interested in, in art but the art teacher was pretty uh, fit yeah. said about this we, before. we, we <laughs> would drop our pencils and get a peek up her skirt quite uh regularly naughty mags naughty yeah my mine was more to do with the teacher i couldn't stand the bloke he was a dick and um we used to just go around my mate's house, play guitar, watch Guns N' Roses videos and so on, because he lived just around the corner. Uh, when I was bunking off and go for the day, 
I would wait for my parents to go to work. I would go into the house, sit down, have a bite to eat, and I would do the same as everyone else. I'd watch certain stuff, maybe old wrestling tapes or whatever. But I knew when Neighbours was starting, that was it was it one o'clock or half one, Neighbours would be on? Something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, it used to be on twice a day, didn't it? You'd yeah. get like the, the episode from yesterday's evening broadcast, and then you get the latest one. Yeah. Later so, in the day, I think. I knew I had to be out the house by the time Neighbours started. Because that's when my dad would get time. rumbled. Yeah, because that's when my dad would time come because he was driving instructor, so he could pick his own brakes and whatever. That's when he would time coming home to have a sandwich and a cup of tea. Because he'd watch neighbours for his lunch and then go back out to work again. So I should have okay. to sit over the road and wait for my dad's car to disappear after neighbours. So, yeah, but that's kind of it, really, mate. For me, there was, we got caught quite often. Me and my sister, we get caught. <laughs> Shock. Like, you know, there was one occasion where. We'd walk in the gates one end of the school, walk straight through the school, across the field, out the back gate, and my dad had already drove around the back and stopped there waiting for us. Because so. he knew what you were going to yeah. do. Oh, totally. Brilliant. Totally rumbled us, yeah. Did you did you not ever stay for registration and then piss off afterwards? Um, that was the thing that was the thing that was done in, in my my school. People would like get the registration mark and then disappear and you'd never see him again <laughs> till tomorrow amazing no i don't think i did maybe in the afternoon i get because you have two registrations wouldn't you i get the second registration after lunch and then just go home i mean to clock that you're in there yeah, so on the basically. on the records you attended <laughs> which is bad really isn't it when you think about it if there's a fire they go by that register Oh no, Sars burnt. <laughs> He's caught in the fumes. I mean, I don't know what he was doing in pottery, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it then, really. So thank you so so much to everybody, as always, for sending in your non-wrestling topics, uh, and everybody in the chat and, and so on, uh, retweeting and so on as well during the week. It's it's, it's been great. It's some brilliant stories, some brilliant stuff. It's always fascinates me as well. Hi, so many people from all over the place would do the same thing mm-hmm. sit at home and watch 15 to 1 or sit at home and watch going for gold or whatever you know <laughs> i mean it was that was almost like an education i mean you're yeah. you're hearing uh, questions that you probably couldn't answer you might as well have just gone to bloody school yeah going for gold was not the one as well that they had like an international version yeah that was it it was uh it was nations um it was. T- it generally was the English that, that won because it was a uh, yeah, <laughs> very it, kind of xenophobic. Yeah. <laughs> all the all the questions were about being English. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and the Italian guy would be just stood there like, "What?" <laughs> Babbity boobity. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Magzi, shall we talk a little wrestling, mate? Yeah, finally. I mean, it seems like ages since we've talked some wrestling. So let's do it. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. This week's wrestling topic: the winner of the poll. Well, well the poll itself was very 1995 Shawn Michaels heavy, uh, but mm-hmm. the winner was the 1995 Royal Rumble match where Sean yep. booked his place in the title match, not the main event, but the title match at WrestleMania 11. I like going through Royal Rumbles. Uh, Scottish Danny in the chat there. Wrestling, I thought this was a Baywatch podcast. Well, sorry to disappoint, <laughs> my friend. Sorry to disappoint. It is not a Baywatch podcast. Maybe next coming up Depends what the link's going to be. <laughs> coming up very soon on the SJP World... No, I'm joking. It's, it's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always enjoy going back through 
Royal Rumbles because, first of all, it's just a great match format, isn't it? But then secondly, mm-hmm. when it came to choosing my link for next week, there's so many options. Yeah. And I think with all the different entrants, there's so much to talk about. Yeah, I think I see Royal Rumbles on on this show as kind of like a palate cleanser uh, yeah. with some of the some of the matches uh, and and uh, the wrestling we've picked. It's very lineal to where the uh, we go. Um, you've usually got one or two people you can pick from, or maybe a tag team or whatever. But with a rumble, it's essentially free for all. You've got thirty wrestlers. Uh, you've got. Uh, just endless paths you can go down. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, this Royal Rumble, a couple of things that I suppose need bearing in mind with regards to how it how it was produced, I guess, as opposed to what we see in more recent years. First of all, there was no music on people's entrances other than mm-hmm. the first two, which that was very common in the early Rumbles. But here, I think this is the last one we have that for. I'm fairly certain in 96 we have entrance music for the rumble with everybody. Yeah. Which makes sense because that that's when, uh, I think, um, we see WWF wrestling music become more, uh, mainstream. Uh, they start obviously releasing it as, as albums and, uh, the music starts be- becoming more popular, more rocky, I suppose. So it, it, it does make sense that they start introducing, uh, the, the wrestlers with their music because the music was part of the characters. Mm. yeah yeah and also the biggest difference here 30 seconds in between entrance magazine what did uh, you find, how did you sorry did you did you mean 60 60 sorry 60 seconds between entrance how did you find that um in one way i can see the point of it um it it keeps the show uh, keeps the match a little bit more exciting. I mean, how many times have we covered a Royal Rumble and said it's very samey because wrestlers are a punch, punch, kick, kick, clothesline, uh, hugging, pretending to be throwing people over the ropes, and that the shortening the the, the time kind of cuts down a lot of that. Um, but it also doesn't give the wrestlers a lot of time to to breathe in 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 the ring. Um, so the, there is um, kind of like a good and bad about it. I do believe that the whole point of it was because the 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 roster was so threadbare and it's so lacking in star power that uh, that Vince wanted to make it feel more exciting. I suppose uh, wrestlers coming in every six seconds does do that. It keeps the the action flowing. Um, but yeah, it, it was weird. I, I don't think they've ever gone back to 60 seconds since, is it? I think no. the, it's usually like uh, 90 seconds or two minutes. So yeah, it was uh, 90, 1995 was a weird, weird time. Uh, yeah. I mean, you say about the roster being pretty much Fred Bear and so on. You're spot on. You look down the, the, the 30 names in this rumble. And then look at the rest of the card as well. I mean, in on the show, but not in the Rumble, you had Razor mm-hmm. Ramon, you had Jeff Jarrett, you had uh, Diesel, who was the champion at the time, and you had Bret Hart. So that's four names that were, you know, would have been on a card at any other time. But the Rumble itself, you look down that list of 30 guys, it really could have done with those four in it as well, couldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um I mean, I, I had um, 
I saw an article by What Culture as well, who, who were doing um, kind of like facts about the the '95 Royal Rumble, and to to kind of show just how quick this match went, um, they they said that eleven of the wrestlers actually went three minutes or less uh, in mm. terms of ring time, and seven of those eleven so. Um, more than half of that 11 were in the rumble for less than 25 seconds um yeah. i think there's there's uh <laughs> up, there's two people who are in it for like three seconds uh a few that are in it for like 10 to 12 seconds yeah uh, it was very fast paced and then on the on the kind of the other um uh end of the spectrum there was only six people that went more than 10 minutes um mm. A couple of names that you you wouldn't expect. I think Aldo Mantoya goes uh, goes ten minutes. I think uh, one of the Godwins maybe goes ten minutes, um, and then obviously the the two uh, what numbers one and two Luger goes uh, longer than ten minutes. Uh, so yeah, it was a uh, quite quite shocking to see these statistics i mean obviously i think it's the shortest rumble ever in less than 40 minutes from bell to bell yeah. um i can understand why they they went back to a a, a longer time yeah it was mm. it was jarring to watch yes yeah definitely i mean we'll, we'll start off then where we should which is at the beginning uh the the whole premise of pamela anderson and the wwf and so on here Pammy is apparently going to escort the winner of the Royal Rumble to WrestleMania for the title match. So she is, you know, a big theme running through this event. We have her coming out before the match, waving mm-hmm. to the crowd and then sitting at ringside. And the camera cuts to her every now and again. One uh, interesting point when uh, you see the limo pulling up at the beginning of the show. Yes. And uh, there's a bunch of, uh, of, of wrestlers there. Um, basically ogling her and you see i think it's tatonka he looks like he wants to actually wrestle her because he's like he's doing the whole come on come on yeah. come on yeah. and it's like you fucking weirdo tatonka <laughs> I mean, it came across, it, was it tatonka was bit... even in the rumble no nah, i don't it was a tag match, so so he had absolutely no chance of being led to wrestlemania with pammy so what the fuck no. was that tosser doing there well, he weren't trying to tempt her like I was. He was trying to tempt her as in, come on, come on, take this drink that I've definitely not put anything in. That, that's, 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 that's the vibe I got from the Tonker, anyway. Yeah, you know? and, and we get that vibe later on when uh, I think Todd Pettingill, uh, he has a couple of like, backstage segments with, with Pammy, and he comes across as a fucking weirdo creep. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So bad. So, those skits are so bad. I mean, first of all, why is she getting changed with him still in the room with a camera? That's yeah. that's on her, I think. First of all, right? <laughs> but then the way he's acting, dude, have a word for yourself. Yeah, oh, it's it's cringer. It's absolutely cringer. But when she comes out to the ring, she looks like she doesn't want to be there. I mean, obviously she's mm-hmm. there because she's been paid, and then all the like the the cross promotion with her bear watching things like that. I get it, but she just. She gets in the ring, waves, gets out the ring, goes and sits down. And every time the camera kind of throws to her during the match, she looks bored. Uh, there's one point where she actually signals to the camera, look, watch the wrestling, because I couldn't give a toss. Um, and, <laughs> and then, and then, I mean, we'll get to the end, but even at the end, she she 
it felt like she just absolutely did not want to be there whatsoever. Now, again, go, going back to when I used to listen to Bruce Pritchard's podcast on a on a regular basis, before it became ninety five percent fucking adverts and reruns and so on. That's why people listen to this show because we're better than them. But they covered this sort of time and Pamela Anderson and so on. And apparently, according to Bruce Pritchard, in ninety in the ninety five Rumble. She was a joy to work with. She was fantastic. She was, she said, apparently she was incredibly nervous and unsure of herself, but was, was, you know, on time. She did anything they'd ask. She, she, you know, just threw herself into it all. By the time WrestleMania came around, her attitude had completely changed. And that was when, that was when she was more how you describe how she appeared. Yeah. She didn't want to be there. She acted this way and that way and so on, which is, really interesting for me because this is the end of january as the rumble always is it's not a big time difference is it between the rumble and mania for her to have that no. complete attitude change no you're absolutely right but maybe it's, it was uh because it was new something she'd never done before and she was uh like i said excited and nervous but then when it gets to uh wrestlemania Maybe she had people um, blowing smoke for us. You were amazing, or maybe she had issues with uh, with with Diesel and Shawn Michaels. Um, mm. Who knows? Maybe. But yeah, it's, it's it's famous people. They are notorious for being tossers, aren't they? Yes, they are indeed. They are indeed. <laughs> Speaking of tossers, Shawn Michaels comes out at number one, and um, <laughs> the British Bulldog is famously number two. Sean comes out with TK written on his, uh, it, like a, a heart badge on his glove, which apparently mm-hmm. is a reference to his girlfriend at the time. And these guys basically go the whole duration of the match, as everyone I'm sure is aware. I mean, I'm, you shout spoiler alert or whatever, it's nearly 30 years old, this contest, so kind yep. of is what it is. But what I found really interesting with this Rumble Magazine is that you had... You know how we've discussed in the past how the ring will fill up before somebody clears it out? Yeah. Uh, you know, like, I suppose you go to the, the year before this, you had it with Diesel, didn't you? The ring would fill up for Diesel to come down and then clear it out. Here, I think that happens on two separate occasions in this really short period of time. But obviously, yeah. the guys that are clearing the ring out are Sean and the Bulldog because they're always in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, you know, that we, absolutely we just, makes different isn't it it's completely different yeah um because normally we we get a a big man coming in and clearing out and even though there are a few big men in this uh none uh of that kind of uh stature in the wwf where they they needed or should have had the the rub of of clearing out the ring clearly the two stars in in this match were number one and two, uh, and uh, from from again from the the what culture um, article that I read, um, the actual um, going Broadway for for Shawn Michaels was obviously a Vince McMahon thing. Oh dear, dear, dear! I don't know. If Gone lost silent there. I'm a, I'm a st- have you still got me there, sir? Yeah, you, we lost you a little bit, mate. You said going Broadway was a for Shawn Michaels was a Vince McMahon thing, and then we kind of lost you. Am I back? Man, You're back. very there robotic then. Okay, so yeah, I was I was saying uh, Shawn Michaels being number one was a Vince McMahon idea, um, but um, 
Bulldog uh, going Broadway as well, that was actually pushed by Pat Patterson because obviously okay. we get that controversial, we get that controversial uh, ending with Shawn Michaels, and we'll we'll get, we'll cover it in detail when we get there with the kind of skinning the cat and uh, uh, the one foot touching the ground. Uh, Pat Patterson actually pushed for Bulldog to go uh, Broadway because it gave them the guarantee that if something went wrong and Shawn Michaels uh, let go of the rope they still had a winner who had been in the ring from the beginning. Um, so uh, it was kind of like a, 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 a guarantee that they would have that Broadway winner. Like a safety net, I suppose, isn't it? That's yeah, quite clever. pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's quite clever. Fair play. Um, there's a couple of guys in this rumble. The first of all that I'll come to, Rick Martel, when I've got notes next to their names that simply says, in 1995, question mark. Right, because so... Rick Martel, again, I'm sorry to interrupt, but he was actually, again, this uh, What Culture article. Uh, I hate praising What Culture because uh, they pissed me off. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. But um, they said that Rick Martel was actually a, a last minute replacement uh, because it okay. should have been it should have been Jim the Anvil Nad out, but he'd been uh, missing shows. Uh, uh, up to this point uh, on on a regular basis and it essentially been cut from the company uh, and and Rick was was basically the the last minute replacement why i mean he does wrestle in 95 in WCW i think he has a, either has a tv title run or a it's TV the title tv title match. yeah tv yeah. title run yeah he was champion yeah okay but i don't imagine rick martel still being around at this time so that mm-hmm. really threw me when i saw don't get me wrong i've seen this match a few different times of course i have but when Martel came out, I was a bit like, huh, okay, in 95. Oh, that threw me a bit, but I wasn't aware of the whole Nightheart stuff. So, yeah, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Martel comes in at number 10. Owen Hart comes in at number 11. At this stage, we've only had one person eliminated. So, we're a third of the way into the Rumble. And, again, you've got to remember, obviously, the, 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 the different time restraints, I guess, a minute rather than two and so on between the entrance. But, Numbers-wise, it still is so different to what we're used to. Because here we are a third of the way in when Owen Hart comes in at number 11. Past a third mm-hmm. of the way. And we've still and got and everyone barring all, one in there. Was it Jimmy Del Rey that got eliminated yes. first? I think it was him. Uh, but yeah, yeah I mean, you, you, you look at the, the quality in the ring at the time. I mean, Eli Blue was in there. I think uh, uh, Duke the Dumpster was in. Um yeah like Jimmy Del Rey being in, uh, Barbarian was in, which uh, I forgot that he was actually in it. I used to love the, the Barbarian. Um, I think Under a different name, though. Sione? Sion, yeah. I think he was part of... Uh, was he part of the Hedge Rinkers at this time? I think. Okay, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and then you had the other uh, Heavenly Body. I think it was uh, Tom Pritchard. But yeah, th- this ring was filling up very, very quickly because of the, 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 the minute... Uh, between entrance and another thing uh, I want to touch on again what culture um, looking at the 30 entrance in this uh, in this rumble by the end of 1995 18 of them have, have been cut from the company oh wow 18 why? of them yeah uh, the only other time that that's happened is uh, is in 1993 exactly the same number 18 who uh, were in the 93 Royal rumble had left the company by by the end of the year I mean um, so you had uh, the the Blue Brothers had gone, Jimmy Del Rey had gone, Barbarian, Doink, Rick Martel, 
um, Bushwhackers, King Kong Bunda, um, Men on a Mission of Both God, and, and this is uh, Mabel who wins this year's King of the Ring, the 1995 King of the Ring, and then mm-hmm. has a, the title match. He's gone by the end of the year. Manto's gone by the end of the year. Dick Murdoch, uh, Adam Bomb, Crush, Luger. Um, yeah, so only That's 12 insane. of them. Only 12 of them saw out the year. And you think how you, how, how you use the term threadbare for the roster anyway, mm-hmm. how that would affect it going forward? Because it wasn't like... Um, I mean, you'll know more than I, Magsy, looking looking back on the, the Attitude Era and going into 96 and so on with a change in attitude and, and that. But it wasn't like a lot of those guys were replaced, I don't think. If you look at like the Monday Night Raws from going into 96, it was very Sean-heavy, Brett-heavy, uh, and so on, Diesel and, and so on, wasn't it? It wasn't like you had a lot of thrash blood. Is, am I remembering that right? Or Yeah, I mean, you had Austin and Triple H coming. Um, mm-hmm. um, then you had Goldust come in, Savio Vega comes in, and you see a hell oh, of a right. lot of them. Uh, certainly not enough to replace eighteen. Uh, mm. The 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 early uh, the early rows in nineteen ninety six were very much around maybe eight people. Um, all, all told, like eight characters who were were on the show weekly. Um, so yeah, it was very very threadbare going well into nineteen ninety six. Mm, yeah interesting and a lot of those names you mentioned there that were gone by the end of 95 are the ones that i've got 1995 question mark next mm-hmm. to in my notes so the fact that the bushwhackers are still there in 95 blew my mind i couldn't get my head around that i thought they were gone 92 whatever you know that that amazed me um king kong bundy i'm aware he came back but... <laughs> the human thumb Jesus oh. Christ. But the he same looks time, so much like a thumb. <laughs> he does, mate. He does. But again, Bundy in the Rumble in 95, it just seemed... We're, we're getting Sean here, his rise up to the main event spot. He is... In, in ring, Sean Michaels at this point, he is already, or, or if not already, definitely on his way to being the best this company has. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's very much on his way there. So it's coming into a different era. And you mentioned in 96 as well, all the different faces they bring in. And then you look at this rumble and you think, so close to that time, you still had, well, Dick Murdoch turning up, the Bushwhackers, um, Moe and Mabel. It's just like, I, it amazed me. Mantar's still there for fucks. Quang. 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 Yeah. Just- and, he, and he survived the, the 1995 cull. He was still there in 1996. Yeah. It's it's amazing to me how different this company is in ninety five to ninety six and then ninety seven. It's amazing. Dan in the chat there. Bundy looked like a porky version of the thumb creatures from Spy Kids. <laughs> yeah, he so did. He absolutely did. <laughs> oh dear. Uh when Bushwhacker Luke comes in at thirteen, that's when we clear the ring out for the first time and we're back down to the original two of Michaels mm-hmm. and the Bulldog. But during this time, Michaels, obviously, he's, he's got his working boots on here, hasn't he? he? He's effectively half eliminated several occasions and holds on and spins himself back in or he's, he's upside down on the ropes, clinging on with his leg on one aspect or whatever, which to me is fantastic because how athletic and talented the guy is. But the other side of that, and this is where I get frustrated with Raw Rumbles, especially earlier ones, you get people like the Bulldog, like um, Duke the Dumpster, 
and even even Crush as well towards the end of the match, where they have Shawn Michaels literally above their head, whether it's in a bear hug position or a gorilla press or military press or however you want to word it. And all they got to do is just walk a yard, tip him over the top, he's out. <laughs> but they slam him back into the ring. That really takes me out of the moment, Magsy, because it's like, well, don't you want to win the match? Yeah, and, and getting, uh, when we get closer to the end, um, even... Uh, Jerry Lawler who's on commentary with, with Vince McMahon he makes a few comments about um, Lex Luger saving Shawn Michaels which yeah. he does multiple times uh, and this is Michaels who's meant to be a heel and uh, and uh, Lex Luger who was was uh, up till recently the number one babyface I mean yeah it's uh, it is it's obvious that it, it was scripted this was incredibly scripted that uh, Shawn Michaels was to be kind of like the 92 Ric Flair. Everybody is gunning for Shawn Michaels and he's going to be the person that, that outlasts them all. Uh, where with Ric Flair, he, it didn't look obvious. Um, and whether that's because of the, the, the talent they had just that short three years earlier compared mm. to the talent that they've got now. Um, I think that that may be a big factor, but it it just doesn't compare to Ric Flair's uh, performance uh, and the po- performance of uh, of Shawn Michaels in this, and that's not to say Shawn Michaels is is at fault for this. He's not. He, I think he he was outstanding in this in this rumble. Um, a lot of emotion from him. Um, I think he he did the best with the tools that he had. Uh, unfortunately, those tools were some subpar wrestlers. Fucking bushwhackers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, that- every time, every time the Bushwhackers win a rumble, though, it, it was for the comedy value. They come yeah. in if they lasted in the ring more than ten seconds, they'd lick somebody's head and then they get close land over. Um, there were the comedy comedy ones. It, it's just as you stated, the majority of the the big stars were actually already in singles and or in matches before the rumble. Uh, before the rumble, so it was it was so short of star power that. That Shawn Michaels and and to a, a, a slightly lesser extent Bulldog had to carry this match. They had to be the focal point because the, you're not going to have Barbarian as the focal point. He's a good hand. You're not going to have Moore as the focal point. Rick Martel, um, the, the Bushwhackers. It, it was on these two people. Yeah, yeah. Without a doubt, uh, somebody who I thought <laughs> this this is this my own mistake, but some something else that happened during this rumble that got a good crowd reaction. And maybe it was done in a way to help with how thin the talent roster was, was Bret Hart, who was obviously elsewhere on the card. He runs out a couple of times and attacks a couple of competitors. Now, the first one he attacks is Owen Hart. Yeah. Okay. So he runs out and he attacks Owen Hart during Owen Hart's entrance. And then Bret walks off and the camera cuts to the entrance way to see the next competitor come out, who was Timothy Well from the tag team Well Done. Yeah. The crowd go mad. Like, super, super happy. And I'm sat there thinking, Jesus, Timothy Well was over, wasn't he? What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember him being that over. And then they show a replay, and it's actually the crowd are cheering because <laughs> Owen's been thrown in the ring and then thrown back out again. So the crowd reaction was for Owen Hart's elimination. But the way the camera no. made it look was that Timothy Well was like, you know, Hulk Hogan coming out for a moment. <laughs> so be- because uh, it's been a-, a while since I, I watched this um I forgot that they did that replay. So I actually was uh, was skipping back to watch the elimination on the Tartantron behind uh, 
Bret Hart going backstage and you can just make out Bulldog uh, essentially backdropping Owen over the ring, uh, over the ropes. Yeah, it was... Uh, yeah. I had to actually do that a couple of times because there's another really quick um, 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 elimination. I think it's one of the, the bushwhackers for for that three seconds, and you watch that again on 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 the Tartantron because you you it's not in the ring long enough for it to cut back to the ring. Yeah, but I just honestly for about ten seconds, I was like, I don't remember Timothy Well being this over. <laughs> you know this this guy's a superstar um, <laughs> uh, somebody who does get a good crowd reaction though was Lex Luger who comes out at number 19 mm-hmm. and I think here we all know my thoughts on Luger certain areas of his career I enjoy this time not so much but I think we can look here and use Luger as a comparison the same with the Bulldog the same with Michaels they've got a certain look when you put them up against the likes of Mo or the uh, Eli Blue, uh, the Godwins, even Crush, who was a massive guy, but at this stage was wearing that awful ring gear with a silly face paint and so on. Mm-hmm. Luger looks like a WWF main eventer. Yeah. The Bulldog and Michaels look like WWF wrestlers. The other guys, they, they just don't look on that level, do they? No. I mean, you look at more or... Oh. Uh, Mabel, Mantar, and compare them to Luger. Yeah, mm. you, it's they don't belong. It's as simple no. and clear as that. They don't belong in the same ring, and and that's not on uh, wrestling prowess. It's just on you could pin a world title on Lex Luger and it looked legitimate because he looked yeah. carved out of granite. Um, you couldn't necessarily put a title on Mantar, and it. It would look stupid. It absolutely would. Um, but one thing about Luger, uh, obviously he, he's coming off uh, the 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 last Royal Rumble where they had the draw, uh, something that Vince comments on uh, that you could tell he hated that decision or he bitterly regretted it because he said, um, uh, I don't think we'll ever see another draw in the history of the Royal Rumble. <sighs> yeah, I loved he wasn't. it. Yeah, it was, cl- it, was, it was clever at the time. It. But it, it it didn't pan out as as well as as Vince had hoped. But one thing about uh, um, uh, Luger that I noticed was he 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 was teaming with Bulldog quite a lot, and there was a, a, a spot where he was almost uh, eliminated. I think it was from Mantar, and uh, Bulldog saves him, and he goes to hit Bulldog, and then sees it's Bulldog and pulls away. And I think this is just before we get that Allied Powers uh, yes. partnership between the guys. So at least we're getting a little bit of kind of foreshadowing of what's going to come with uh, with Luger and uh, Bulldog um, uh, basically looking after each other. I thought that, that was a, a neat touch. Mm. I, I think those two could have worked. We spoke about it before, haven't we? But I think they could have worked <laughs> as a tag team. Um, yeah. they, I think they didn't they open that year's WrestleMania? I, it, I might have got that so. wrong, but... I think they might have opened that as WrestleMania. I believe um, There's a couple of moments I do want to bring up before we get on to our sort of well, concluding the match and so on. Every Rumble to me has certain things. It's also like box ticking. You have a big name that comes out early on. Okay, we've got that with Michaels and the Bulldog and so on. We, you have the Iron Man, I suppose, for want of a better term, who does a long distance. Here, obviously, we've got the two guys who start the Rumble and finish the Rumble. You also then, I think, get almost like a big man standoff, whether that's like where you had with a previous rumble we've looked at with Yokozuna and Earthquake, 
they both stand across the ring from each other and the crowd go, goes crazy for that. Uh, and you've had it in more recent years with some of the massive guys that they have on the roster there, the Big Show and Carly and all that sort of stuff. Here, it's Mabel and King Kong Bundy. It's just not the same, is it? <laughs> it's, it's, it's like if you ordered your Royal Rumble big men from Wish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, All the big greats that we've had in the WWF and 1995's best that they could offer was was Mabel and Thumb King Thumb Bundy. Uh, Jesus. Yes, indeed. Um Billy Gunn arrives at number 23, and I think he's potentially got the best entrance of the whole rumble because he sprints down the entranceway, incredibly enthusiastic, dives under the bottom rope, like how certain like John Cena used to sort of dive and slide in, didn't he? But he's got so much speed when he gets there, he dives under the bottom rope, and it's lucky that no one's in his way because he slides the whole way across the ring to the corner. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very energetic. Very, very energetic. And I think um, this is where it kind of shows perhaps some lazy booking from whoever organised the, the, the numbers because I think uh, his brother Bart comes out next. Yes. So that's So that felt to me like... Oh well, we've got to we've got to cram these numbers in somehow. We'll just like who's who hasn't been given a number. Oh well, you go in there and there. It just that felt a bit a bit shoddy. But they're not in the match for that long, so it doesn't really matter. Hmm. Uh, Bob Backlund comes out at number twenty five, and that's when we see Brett again. He he attacks Backlund <laughs> and beats the crap out of him. Uh, Steve Dunn comes out at number twenty six. Now, interesting point with Steve Dunn is he was in the ring on Nitro the following year when Scott Hall came through the crowd and debuted. Wow. He was actually one of the wrestlers in the ring that, that was made very clear, you don't matter, shut up, Scott Hall's here now. So <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and then at number that. seven... Yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. Uh, at number seven, Dick Murdoch. 27. Jesus, 27, not going all sorry. the way back. Yeah. No, Dick no. Murdoch, what a throwback. What an absolute throwback. Here, he's 48 years of age. He looks 68. Yeah. He do, he, at first, I thought it was Dusty making yet another right. comeback. Um, but unfortunately, it was, it was the Wish version of Dusty. <laughs> yes. Uh, and Dick Murdoch was actually dead probably within 18 months of this event. He, I don't Jesus think he saw Christ. 50. But he was, also, um, he was also an incredibly nasty racist. So fuck Dick Murdoch. Um, <laughs> Crash is in last. And again, this shows, I suppose, how quick this rumble is and how fast we build up the ring and the numbers in the ring. Because when Crush, when it go, you know, counts down and, the, and the, the hall goes off and Crush walks in, into the ring, there's 12 people still in the match. Mm-hmm. With the last competitor, 12 people still in the match, Magsy. Yep. And, and it, it seems to take a, a, a fairly long time for, for those to get whittled down as well mm. uh, the, it's not like uh, Crush comes in and, and, and does a clear out because there's nobody in this match who really does a massive clear out of, of wrestlers it's all kind of uh, um, just naturally dwindled down I suppose uh, one thing I did find um, interesting and this will uh, this will uh, be a, a, a shout towards a, na- a very future episode of Natro Nazis um, yeah we see the future chronic in the ring together with uh, yeah. Adam Bomb and uh, and Crush, the, the two Bryans. And it's actually uh, Crush that eliminates Adam Bomb 
from this Royal Rumble, and then they go on to be uh, to be um, chronic. So yeah, I thought that was interesting. Ah. See, I didn't pick up on that, but that is that's yeah. That's, that's, yeah. Oh, why? Okay, that's pretty cool. Um, our final four, which is, uh, everyone makes a big deal every year, I don't know about who's in the final four. Our final four is Luger, Crash, Shawn Michaels, and the Bulldog. Mm-hmm. I think with what's in the Rumble, I mean, you could interchange Crush maybe for one or two others, but I think what's in the Rumble, that's probably the best final four they could have done, maybe. I mean, we see the final four, but actually we get the kind of standoff with final five. So I, I, I don't appreciate you not giving uh, Henry Godwin his props that he oh, made the final five <laughs> of a Royal Rumble. <laughs> yeah, um, but I agree with you. That this was probably... Uh, the best they could have done with the talent that they had. I mean, you've got uh, the three biggest stars in the match with uh, Michaels, Bulldog and Luger, and then you've got a big man in Crush who was uh, certainly a good hand in wrestling. Uh, never someone who would ever be at the top of the car, but certainly someone you could trust to to uh, uh, be in a, a pretty high-profile match. Um, so, yeah, I think it was uh, the best of a bad lot. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Michaels eliminates Luger to quite a mixed reaction. Bearing in mind, as, as you brought it up, Magsy, Michaels here is supposed to be a heel. Luger is supposed to be the, the all-American flag-waving babyface. Some people are cheering. Obviously, some people are still booing this, of course, but there's quite a mixed reaction to Luger going out, isn't there? Yeah, um, I, and I... I don't know what it is. Maybe they got already got bored of the kind of Captain America shtick. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he he had a full year after winning last year's Rumble of, of him maybe being uh, pushed as the next guy, kind of fell off the rails at, uh, at Mania when he wasn't uh, crown champion. And it just never happened for him. So maybe it was a case of why should we get behind him? Because it's clear that he's not going to be the guy. Obviously, Shawn Michaels was going to be the guy. He, he was quite clear. He was. Uh, he was. He was on the the rocket to to the moon. I suppose. So yeah, I can see why Luger wasn't uh, as as well received. And again, we've touched on it before. He he was essentially a, a WCW guy. So. Yeah. It was always going to be an uphill struggle for him to get this kind of a New York crowd uh, to 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 take him to their hearts, and it just never worked. Yeah, um, Shawn Michaels and Crash kind of form a quite dodgy alliance <laughs> for a, a short period of time. But I'm surprised this is, because this is going to work, isn't it? Yeah, but I'm surprised because I would have thought Shawn would have been the guy to turn on Crash. But it was the other way round. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I assumed it was it was the other way, but because Sean is a sneaky little two faced politicking bastard. Well, there is that. Or he there was. Is yeah. <laughs> um, eventually, the bulldog eliminates Crash, and we're down to our final two. For some reason, I thought this went on a lot longer. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it, but it's, it's about ninety it's, seconds, isn't it? If that, I don't think mm. even, it's not even really that long. Um, yeah, I, I, when we got to the final two, I was kind of like getting myself ready to to watch these two duking out. And yeah, very little happens. Um, and like I said, it, it's over in, in next to no time. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, effectively, everyone. I'm assuming everyone has seen the finish anyway. If not, it's, it's worth checking out because it's referenced every single year since the Shawn Michaels mm-hmm. rule: two feet must touch the floor. Michaels yep. got some clothesline. I mean, don't get me wrong; that they they do tie up for a, for a very short period, as as Magsy and I just said. But and and it is good what they do. It's high high energy, and Michaels is bumping around. Eventually, he gets clotheslined over the top rope. The bulldog turns to celebrate, but Michaels is holding on to the top rope. And the bulldog has clean, clearly seen this, but he, I think he must assume that he's touched the floor. I guess well, the music plays, bulldog's mm. music plays. Uh, um, but knowing the the finish as we as we do, like I said, it's almost thirty years old. You can see um, Markle's setting up for for this. You can see how his arms are wrapped around the rope uh, to to make sure he's got as much. Uh, leverage into into keeping hold of of, of the the rope, so he he only ever uses uh, one foot on the ground. And um, again, uh, thanks to what culture, um, um, Vince McMahon told Shawn Michaels, "Do not milk this. Do not milk it. Touch the ground with one foot, and then back in the ring." And Shawn Michaels, because he's a model employee uh, as normal, always. <laughs> always does what uh what vince says he absolutely milked it uh and when you when you see the the slow motion replay you can see him uh so close to touching the ground with his with his um with his other foot it goes back onto the ring and then comes back off vince vince was having kittens when this was happening he was going mental uh and sean said he he basically did it for as long as he could before his arms were starting to kind of like uh, give way and he had to get back into the ring. But yeah, um, amazing finish. One of the cleverest finishers uh, that we've seen in a Royal Rumble. Um, I felt so bad for for Bulldog because um, this would have almost been like a a really cool uh, redemption for him, I suppose, from the hearts of uh, SummerSlam 1992 to kind of middling off and then come um almost making it to being the 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 top of the bill at wwf i think he he's one of those kind of wrestlers who you look at and think what would have happened if he would have ever been world champion um and yeah it's it's a shame for him but this was Shawn michael's year this was the the year that uh cemented Shawn michael's as the, the best around and one of the best to, to ever be in a wrestling uh, ring. So, yeah, um, I just love this finish. I think it's so, so clever. Uh, yeah. Revisited on indie shows the world over still to this day, isn't it? Of any battle mm-hmm. royals and so on. You see it so often. I mean, Sean's, you know, athleticism here to not fall out the ring and, and, look like he's struggling i think is is brilliant um he gets back in especially after four almost 40 minutes yeah yeah it's yeah totally that 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 often gets overlooked the fact that he'd gone from number one 40 minutes in the ring and and still had uh the energy and the and the the upper body strength to to milk this uh Mm. and and give vince another hernia um yeah it's uh i'm so impressed with him so impressed with him Absolutely fantastic. He is the star of the show, isn't he? Let's be honest on this, this event. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's not much competition, but he is the star <laughs> of the show. Um, <laughs> he obviously pulls himself back into the ring, knocks the bulldog over the top rope. His music hits. Then we get 
Pamela Anderson coming in the ring and she kind of stands there while Sean hits her a pose. And then Sean's she got to go hated little... that. Oh. She, she hated that. He's got to go a little bit further though, Sean, hasn't he? And does some really weird gyrating, pervy dancing towards her. And, she's and she just leaves. She's like, right, she just yeah, leaves. Right, yeah. yeah, she goes, yeah. Uh, and that's it. Sean's on his way to Mania. So mm-hmm. there we go. That's the 1995 Royal Rumble. Magsy, out of 10, my friend, what are we thinking? Now, if if we look at this on Star Power alone, it's the worst rumble. It's or it's got to be w- at least one of the worst rumbles. Um, but in a weird way, I think the 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 shortness of it saves it. If mm-hmm. this was a, a standard length rumble, it would have dragged so much. Um, so. I, the 60 seconds between each wrestler saves this and and for that it puts it in a uh gives it a higher mark because you don't get those lulls in action that you would normally get uh in a in a uh, a longer rumble um but saying all that it's not the best at all it's certainly not a 1992 certainly not uh any of the the austin uh rumbles so it, it's very middle of the road. Um, so I think a five is is a fair number. Okay. See, I look at our ratings for the straight jacket steel cage match. That was a five. I would rather go back and watch this than that. Okay. And I think what you said about it being 60 seconds and you fly through it really does help. I, would, I wouldn't go back. If this match was the same match but done over an hour or so, I wouldn't want to go back and watch it because I'd be bored. But knowing it's just 40 okay, minutes that's... and you get Sean's performance, I would rather go back and watch this than what we gave a 5-2 previously. So I'm going to go with a 6 for this one. You know? That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. On the note of uh, this Royal Rumble, however, obviously it's 30 years ago. So people pass away and so on. There's 10 people out the field of 30 who are no longer with us. Okay. Which is, I suppose, because it's 30 years ago. It's not a number that you can, I suppose, be shocked at or not shocked at. However, what does surprise me is out of those 10 people who are no longer with us from that, that Royal Rumble, only two of them saw their fifties. That is, that's incredible. Yeah wrestling is just it's scary when you when you hear statistics like that the amount of wrestlers who who die young and not and, and the ones that don't die but are, are riddled with uh long-lasting ailments and problems in well into their their, their elder years yes uh, we've said it time and time again on this show these these guys and girls put their bodies uh and their health on the line for for entertainment and uh sometimes it can be easy to forget that Mm, yeah very much so mate very much so ah but where do we go next week now i'm really intrigued as to where we're heading as you mentioned about how a rumble can be a palate cleanser for the show which Mm -hmm. i think you're right you look at the previous weeks we've had a lot of 1995 baywatch similar sort of stuff and it's happened in the past so many options from a rumble I'm really intrigued to see where we go with yourself, Magsy. So what have you got for us? Yeah, um, I think not only can it be a palate cleanser, I think the uh, having a Royal Rumble on chain wrestling gives us maybe the opportunity to, uh, to highlight wrestlers who maybe haven't 
been given a lot of love on the show. Um, it gives us that opportunity to go off on a wild tangent and and not follow kind of a, a well-trodden uh, path of, of, of the chain of wrestling. Um, saying all that, from all the 30 wrestlers in, in the ring, I'm picking zero of them uh, because <laughs> 26 of them were were shit and i wouldn't want to watch any of their wrestling uh so i'm actually going for the stadium so the sundome okay. um it's actually now called the Yueng ling center uh in in tampa florida um and it was actually used um for part of the the thunderdome it was um when uh, the the tampa uh the tampa bay rays um i think it's a, a ass hockey team or baseball team had to uh, come back and the, they moved from the, was it the JL arena or something like that? Anyway, this uh, youngling um, was, was, was the Thunderdome for, for quite a while and it held two pay-per-views. It held WrestleMania Backlash uh, 2021 and Hell in a Cell 2021. So I think that's an ideal uh, opportunity to, to watch some modern wrestling uh we don't tend to uh to do that uh that much um so looking at the matches on these cards and slim pickings absolutely slim slim pickings <laughs> oh good um, but there is a few uh matches that even shagger dave was was impressed with um but i want to go with um with one that that has a a former indie darling turned kind of underappreciated wrestler and now back to somebody who uh, we perhaps uh, have a little bit of hope that they will finally get uh, the recognition that they deserve. And it's also the, the new Ring of Honor world champion, Claudio Castagnoli. At WrestleMania Backlash, he faced Roman Reigns. For the for the WWE Universal Title match, um, so I want to watch Roman Reigns uh, taking on Cesaro from the 2021 edition of Backlash. Yep, WrestleMania Backlash, sir. The first time oh, it was called <laughs> WrestleMania Backlash. <laughs> oh man, I'm a massive Cesaro fan. Reigns is <laughs> fantastic. I'm not sure if I can remember this at all, really. I mean, I I, rem- I don't particularly remember the match, but I remember the push of Cesaro finally getting that title shot because he'd been in the com- company for what twelve years at the time, I think, mm. and he'd been like mid card champions and uh, tag champions, but he never got that push. And this was at the heart of the Cesaro section where the crowd were saying, "This guy deserves a shot," and he finally got it. Now, obviously, no one expected him to win, but at least he was getting recognised. Yeah, no, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Yeah, that's intriguing. I'd quite happily go back and watch that. I think that'd be quite good, especially with how you're seeing Reigns looking as great as he does now, and mm-hmm. then Cesaro is obviously as talented as he is as well. You know, potential for that to be an absolute banger. I think. Yep. Ah, okay. Mine takes a slightly different route that I'm going to put up against it. Uh, and I am going to use one of the 30 wrestlers in the Rumble here as the link. 
But oh, it's Quang. Please, no, it's not. <laughs> it's Aldo Montoya. It's the Bushwhackers. <laughs> <laughs> no, legit, it's Aldo Montoya. Get fucked. <laughs> you pick it. Please be a just incredible match at least. Justin Incredible is part of the link. Yeah, so Aldo Montoya here, the Portuguese man of war in the crazy, colourful outfit and silly mask, went on to become Justin Incredible, who was, mm-hmm. for a couple of years at least, quite a big player in ECW. And I thought we've not seen masses of ECW, have we? Yeah, we've yeah, touched upon yeah. it here and there. So uh, I looked into shows Justin Incredible was on and featured heavily in, and one of those was, well, he main evented a couple of pay per views. One of them was Heatwave 99 from ECW. I scanned down the card. I thought, okay, well, I've got a link to that pay-per-view. And down the card, well, I say not too far down the card. I think it was last but one on. We have a match between Mike Awesome and Masato Tanaka. And that is where I would like to go. I'd like to check out Mike Awesome versus Masato Tanaka from ECW Heatwave 99. Thank God for that. Because I had genuinely thought I made skip me i may scarve next week's show if just watch reruns watch of a, just watch reruns of blockbusters instead yeah if, if we were gonna have to watch an old old man say old match then yeah i would have scarved but yeah awesome versus tanaka i mean those guys had some wars absolute wars so the yeah. only downside with this one is obviously trying to play the game properly with the link and so on the only downside with this one is it's not very long that's okay. the issue i have but it's it, it that's the where the link kind of took me to it so that may be a hindrance with regards to my selection but yeah that's that's kind of what i'm thinking Maxie. i mean for the for the people voting that might be a good thing because we'll we'll get get out of here well under the two hour mark so there we go mate there we go <laughs> Uh, so those are your options for the poll this week, which will be up on our Twitter account at chain underscore wrestling sometime after the audio version is released. Uh, we have from WrestleMania Backlash 2021, Cesaro versus Roman Reigns, or we have Tanaka versus Mike Awesome from ECW Heatwave 1999. Uh, make sure you vote, retweet, etc., etc., and all that good stuff. Magsy, we've got a quick check through the chat before we depart, my friend. Yeah, we're uh, we've got um, apparently, uh, according to sources, Scottish Danny, the Bushwhackers in the Rumble, twenty twenty three. Morty says the twenty twenty uh, men's Rumble is up there with one of his favourites. I can happily watch it uh, whenever. Yeah, great pick. Uh, Morty with the TK on Shawn Michaels. I didn't know he dated Tony Khan. Well, they, sh- they shared the the nose candy. Did those yes. two? Yes, and there would have been big, big piles of it with those two. <laughs> and and Dan wins the internet with his naming of King Kong Thunder. King <laughs> Kong Thunder. Uh, That's with a t-shirt, dis- right there. We've disappointed Cab and Scottish Danny because they wanted us to link to Gilbert. I mean, that's a stretch. That's an absolute stretch. Yeah. Um, and then Scottish Danny said we should have had the Just Incredible match from Sunday Night Heat. No, we shouldn't. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and and we'll go out with these two. Uh, we've got um, Cam throwing some love our way. Uh, great being back live with the CW effort. Yeah, and it's great having you back, uh, Cam. Yeah. Um, you quickly become a massive part of the family. And then, Dan, Awesome versus Tanaka will fucking slap. Absolutely it will. Absolutely it will. 
two brilliant choices. I'm really intrigued to see where we go voting wise, though, Magsy. Uh, quick shout out for your socials, Mags, in case you want to jump on them at any time in the future, or you're not arsed. <laughs> so, I actually did reply to uh, to uh, I'm assuming it's Mo who has the uh, uh, he's running uh, the 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 podcast Twitter page about uh, an, a, perhaps an upcoming episode of All Vision. Um, so yeah, more check your DMs for that. But other than that, again, as I keep saying, laugh without social media is a it's it's heavenly. It's yeah. it's it is it's bloody lovely. Um, but follow me down there anyway. Um, I probably won't read it or see your messages. <laughs> uh, but follow me anyway. <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, At Pop Father follow- Mags on Twitter. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Say where they can actually find you. Yeah, that's a good shout. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at SJP Words. But what I really want to direct you towards is the network's social media accounts. So that's Facebook and Twitter at SJP World Media. Um, I mean, this week alone, we've got so much great, great content coming your way. Great shows coming your way. SummerSlam has been and gone. We've got that being reviewed with Benny Mac on in, in, the, in the corner. We've got... Uh, the guys from RSH Wrestling in the States taking a look at SummerSlam as well. So different viewpoints and different thoughts there. Also looking at Raw and SmackDown and so on. So if you don't watch, you can find out what happened from them. We've also got Nitro Nights, the Doctor Who pod, all that stuff. And new shows starting as well very, very soon. And because a few people have requested it, old episodes of the SJP Wrestling Podcast are going to start finding their way up there too. So yeah, lots of stuff coming your way. But you can follow this show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and that TikTok thingamy at chain underscore wrestling. And the network, once again, at SJP World Media, where all the shows are shared away there. Magsy, with next week's potential non-wrestling topic in mind, I'm off down my mum's house to dig out my ZX Spectrum Plus from the attic and start playing Jet Set Willy again. Because I love that game. I'll speak to you next week, my friend. See you later, pal. What a day, the biggest ever crowd for any Euros tournament final. Serena Wiegmann names an unchanged side for the sixth game running, a tournament record. Express yourself, create the space, you know you can win, don't give up the chase, beat the man, take him. Well, such a lovely ball over the top here, and the run in behind for England is by turn, what a chip, what a goal! Is that the winner? It will be a worthy winner.
goes, Bronze arrived, got the touchdown, Kelly's in there, the goalkeeper's Bronze is in! Kelly scores for England! England 2, Germany 1! After 110 minutes! England have won a major trophy for the first time ever. England have conquered Europe on a football field. They are the European champions. Got to hold and give, but do it at the right time. You can be slow or fast, but you must get to the line. They'll always hit you and hurt you. Defend and attack. There's only one way to beat them. Get round the back. Catch me if you can, cause I'm the England man. And what you're looking at is the master plan. We ain't no hooligans. They say no. champions.